A one, a two, a one, two, three, four! Music at a rational volume. Hey everybody, welcome to Music at a Rational Volume. My name is Kyle. Here as always with me is my buddy Nate. I'm Nate. Nate, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we are going to do another installment of our greatest albums ever produced by humans on the planet Earth. And we're going to do an, uh, an album called Haughty Melodic by Mock Doty. A little controversy this week uh, in terms of album selection we got our first veto what's the controversy kyle why don't you tell the kids what you did uh nate picked a record that i really couldn't get into and so i vetoed it and he said fine we're gonna do this one i'm like okay (laughs) and since we've only given one veto he had to suck it up and uh enjoy an awesome record i've only got three more months and my veto is back in place so (laughs) get another veto next year no, I really think this one's a better record than that other one, though. I gotta say. Oh, so, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> no, the other one, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, you know, everybody's into something. I just couldn't, I yeah. uh, just wasn't feeling it. I thought there was enough in there that, uh, by the way, the album uh, we're discussing is by Air Traffic Controller called Nordo, which is, I think, is a dumb al- album name to begin with. Dumb album cover. Um, but it is it is one of my favorite records. Uh, so you can go check that out independently and then uh, hit Kyle up uh, at his home because he doesn't have social media and let yeah. him know how uh, how bad his taste is. Good luck on that. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, there's probably somebody right now flying their freaking camera above my house or something. <laughs> Uh, we found you, you piece of crap. I don't think we rate that high for stalkers. Yeah, nobody's watching this anyway. So, no. Um, are we doing staff picks? Are we doing that later? We are doing staff later. picks. You got Do a staff, staff pick? picks? Go ahead. Uh, mine for this week. Uh, Chris Isaac, who uh, is one of Kyle and my uh, our mutual favorite artists. The man does not make a bad record. Uh, he released not too long ago a single called The Pandemic Blues. Uh, I Can't Take It! Exclamation point. Uh, it's a great Chris Isaac tune. It belongs on our Pandemic playlist and may eventually get there. But uh, yeah, go check that out. It's uh, it's a delight. I'm guessing that it does. I've seen that. It popped up on my Spotify thing too, and I just didn't uh, take the opportunity to listen to that one yet. But I saw that. I'm like, oh, Pandemic, that'd be cool. It's a, yep. I just, just a single, right? Yes. As far as I can tell. Okay. The one I picked, big surprise. I've been looking at a lot of Dave House. Um, he's got a new record coming out soon called Blood Harmony. You can pre-order that www.davehouse.com. The song is called Sandy Sheets. Um, very Springsteen-esque. Uh, they did it, um, I don't know, it looks like Coney Island, but I'm sure I'm wrong. It might be somewhere in Jersey. But it's probably somewhere in Jersey. Yeah, I'm sure it is. He's a Jersey guy, but uh, <laughs> cool video uh, with his brother Tim, I think. And um, it's good. Good song. Sandy Sheets. Yeah. Dave House. So uh, check that out. I heard the song Gary. I was, talk- I was texting Kyle about that uh, from, yeah. from Dave. 
uh, that song is good. It's got a lot of uh, Todd Snyder in it. It's got a lot of kind of that story telling Americana kind of vibe. Kind of like the um, uh, Jeremy by um, uh, what's the band? Can can you pull it? Can you help? Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Not my favorite band, but it's kind of along those lines. They picked on this kid, Gary, back in the day and uh, kind of seems like a real story. Yeah. Like, hey, like an actual dude. Kids are a-holes and I hope he's doing well. And I hope, uh, you know, hope it didn't hurt him too badly. But yeah, uh, we're going to get our buddy Ben on the show to uh, regale us with what's good about Pearl Jam. And he's, he's going to show us what's what. For sure. Not that there's, there's not good things. There definitely is. And we both like things about Pearl Jam, but we're not as big of fans as, as Ben is. I don't yeah. know if anybody's as big a fan as he is. Uh, is he their number one fan? Probably somewhere in that range. Well, let's get back to the record at hand. So your buddy, Mike Doty, Hottie Melodic. Tell me about him. It is one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, just top to bottom. I just love listening to it. Uh, Mike's an army brat. Uh, best known for his band Soul Coughing. Soul Coughing was a staple in 90s, early 2000s alternative radio. Alt radio all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, they got three albums. They have a star on uh, Kyle Summerhome on First Ave. Uh, basically, just means they sold out a show there. Uh, Soul Coughing broke up. In 2000, mostly because Mike had severe addiction problems. Uh, But this particular record is uh, during his recovery period. Uh, So there is a lot of um, some exploration of him dealing with those issues. Uh, Let's see. Toured solo, did the, you know, paid his dues as a solo guy, sold his handmade CDs, etc., uh, eventually got signed on by uh, his uh, what Kyle lists here is his BFF Dave Matthews on ATO Records. <laughs> I said his buddy. You put in BFF yourself. I, you don't know. I don't know. They they seem like they're they're friendly. They knew each other. He had opened uh, Soul Coffin had opened for Dave Matthews Band on at least two tours, so they were yeah. friends. <laughs> they were friends. I'm probably they probably still are. Uh, yeah. Dave actually. Uh, guested on a couple of songs on this record. Uh, Hottie Melodic was released May 3rd, 2005. Uh, it took him three years-ish uh, to get it done. It was very spotty recording. Every couple of weeks, uh, Mike would fly out to uh, Minneapolis to do some recording with Dan Wilson, uh, better known for his work in Semisonic and some other bands I am not aware of. Trip Shakespeare. With. For you guys that are older, you'll remember them. You you say that like it's something I should know. Well, if you're in the upper Midwest, you may have known them in the <laughs> late 80s, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, so, yeah, for out in spurts, uh, which is odd because Kyle loves everything Minneapolis touches and apparently, um, you know, not Mike Doughty's record. Um, I, I, I don't hate this record no this is a good album it it's, is there's a I, lot I was of gonna, uh, i was gonna have fun digging and poking because uh there's a lot of um semi-sonic in this though i think 
I can hear it. Yeah. Because if you listen to Soul Coughing, it's kind of uh, kind of a downer, kind of a bummer. This album is much more hopeful, much more. Uh, I don't know. I hesitate to say pop record, but it has some more of those kind of pop rock, pop alternative um, kind of flavors to it. Well, even so his, his soul stuff too. was more his, his earlier solo stuff, like the the ones he was selling at shows, was more acoustic. Yes, it would be just him singing. This one's got more layered vocals, especially in the choruses and things like that, which is. You know, it's just Mike, but it's different. Mike singing different parts, and it's got different instruments that he probably was not the one to originate on the record. So having a good producer yeah. can bring in things you wouldn't have thought of. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, because the er- his early stuff I don't like as much. Um, this one and then the follow-up uh, have some stuff I really love. So, I, But it probably is the Semisonic influence. Uh, I have a couple of re- uh, Semisonic records that I just absolutely love, too. Uh, For sure. So, uh, yeah, not really, um, one that everyone loves. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> from all the reports that there are a lot of fans who probably know him from the, or the, uh, soul coughing days that were expecting a certain thing they didn't really get the, the, the jilted fan who is always accusing their artists of, you know, changing too much and overproducing their record and all that crap. Uh, and then it has other fans who love it. Like I do, who give it four and five stars on the platforms. Right. So but conversely, miss, you know, like you said, you like this era better than his earlier stuff. Oh, with totally. them, yes. I can understand you like, well, I like this one better, but some of these people are like, Oh, you sold out. It's overproduced garbage. I mean, that overproduced label is just, uh, it's overused. I think most people probably don't really know what they're talking about. They just throw on these uh, labels that sound um, uh, sound. I don't know, sound negative, and they sound uh, like yeah. it's you're not a real artist. You're trying to actually just make money or whatever. Cover up the flaws. Yeah, I just. Well, it's probably something some critic threw out, and you're like, oh, well, so and so at Rolling Stone says it was overproduced. Like, who cares? Does it sound good to your ear or not? If, exactly. if it does, great. If not, and with you, you you like the vein that it went. Like, well, this is the stuff I like better. It's this adds more to the whole package than yeah, this stuff. No, before. Totally. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This is a record um, birthed several appearances on other soundtracks. Uh, Grey's Anatomy and Veronica Mars. Uh, by the way, the Veronica Mars soundtrack is awesome. If you are into that uh, kind of mid two thousands kind of sound, yeah, I know you're a big fan of that the, that show, and then into the the soundtrack and whatever. Is this where you knew him from, or did you knew him from? No, actually, uh, he opened for Brannigan Ladies. Uh, I want to say two thousand three. I saw him a while ago. We'll say that. Yeah, and. Um, I could I could be misremembering that, um, but he opened for BNL and um, he did a song called "More Bacon Than the Pan Can Handle," nice, which you you would hate that song, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps it's it's a lot of samples, a lot of like you know home uh, home studio kind of like 
piecing it together kind of a thing. You did that but, live? Yeah. Right. He had a little machine that he just hit the buttons on. I, anyway. I have been to shows that people did that. I, I do love the title. And some of his other stuff had enough in it that I was like, oh, I'm going to check that guy out. Um, and yeah, I think it was right around the time this was released that, so it might've been later. It might've been, the, the, I, I saw Baronic Ladies a lot in that era. So, right. Anyway, that's how that all, that connection was all made. Um, this one, I found it in the fall. And to me, it sounds like a perfect fall record. I kind of like late fall, like well, it's, well, when it's getting cold. Yeah. Um, I f- it, it has that association with me and I feel like it totally fits. Cause I feel like if you're hitting this in the spring, it's not going to sound very good. It's like, it's not very like made like majors and like positive sounding, um, you know, arrangements and things like that. No, uh, like with, I mean, with me, the, the first song on this one to me kind of had a, Sister Hazel kind of vibe. That's what struck me right away. And the more I listen to him, like it reminds me a little of Richard Butler from uh, Psychedelic Furs or mm-hmm. Love Spit Love. Kind of has yep. that vocal tonality to him, but maybe hadn't smoked quite as many cigarettes as Richard Butler. <laughs> sure. But that kind of low, raspy voice, it's not for everybody, for sure. I, but, I think it is an acquired taste. I think I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of you know, singers, I mean, John Hyatt and Martin Zeller, that's not people have listened to right away and go, what the hell is that? But yeah, some things take time to kind of, uh, uh, kind of get a feel for, for what they're about. Or even Evan Dando from Lemonheads kind of sounds like that too. I've been listening to him a lot lately too. Give you that lower tone in his voice. Um, not as poppy as Evan Dando, but uh, it reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, we invoked his name earlier, Dave Matthews, uh, like a, a little like rougher. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and a little bit of uh, Shane McGowan, Sean McGowan, Shane McGowan from the Pogues. Okay. Only. Yeah, uh, yep. What do you like about it? Uh, what, his voice? Uh, just I just anything. Uh, well, I, there's so many things that I love about this record. I love the poetry of it. I love the kind of um, almost word association, uh, train of thought kind of vibes to the lyrics. Um, well, that's interesting. You said that about uh, you know the poetry of it. I agree with that because some people the reviews for it was like, well, there's songs about heartbreak and loss. I'm like, I don't really know what these songs are about, but. It does have a poetic feel to the lyrics. It seems like they're heartfelt, like they mean something to him. And they don't always have to, you don't always have to be spoon fed, you know, the meaning from the artist. You can still take things out of it. You know, you can tell when they're honest and when they're real um, without having to have everything spelled out. Like this is about this. Um, There are some, some of them that do have a more linear narrative quality uh i hear the bells um kind of talking about better songs a a snowstorm uh christmas party kind of vibe to it yeah yeah um yeah definitely one of the better songs on the record yep uh but yeah I, i pretty much like them all there are some definite highs for me um but 
I want to hear what your kind of um, the ones you enjoyed listening to. Um, let me pull that up here again. I hear the bells. I know was one that I liked a lot. The one after that. Hang on. Um, the first one's good. I can see that it was more of a quote unquote hit. Uh, looking at the world in the bottom of a well. Yeah. Madeline in nine. Uh, it was very good. Uh, Sunken Eyed Girl is probably my favorite. Okay. Your Misfortune was good too. Um, busting up a Starbucks. I think he did that one with Dan Wilson or me. Kind of, if I'm not mistaken, kind of wrote that more with him. Could be, yeah. Um, White Lexus and American Car seem to be sister songs, kind of. Yeah, they're they're kind of they they may as well be you know five A and five B on the, yeah. the track list. Yeah, but no, he's definitely got some some uh, quality stuff on here. But to me, some of them, um, unsingable name, tremendous brunettes, kind of reminds me of the Star Wars era Wilco. Okay. to that where it was the lyrics were kind of out there for me but um well they were out there for somebody maybe not for me but for um i a little experimental i think okay but without having the the weird wilco stuff that they did on that record it's a little easier to listen to than that stuff wilco was out there a little bit this one I, i i feel like everything kind of fits you know within within the the framework i don't think they that mike went oh no it it feels like an album for sure yeah yeah like there's there's some kind of cohesion with the the songs sure then i like the uh the sequencing seems like that was done really well too yeah uh i think you're right about those picks uh i do love unsingable name It, it seems to me like his take on uh, you know, uh, Beth or, you know, any, any song you're going to sing about a girl, like yeah. <laughs> what if, what if she doesn't have a name that goes well on a song? Like, what are you going to do? Unsingable name. Um, yeah, the, uh, the tremendous brunettes is not one of my favorites. Um, and track 11, his truth, not one of my favorites. Uh, but, in terms of listening to it from top to bottom, they don't bother me. See, I know you thought I was crazy, but on his truth, if you listen the chorus, to me that sounds kind of like a grunge song. That sounds like that could be a, a STP song. I mean, uh, just the way the vocals I, I, are, that I minor key it, stuff. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that sounds like something that would have been played in 1992. <laughs> I, I well, think that's what I hear. If you but, look at if you look at Mike Doty's history. Yeah, he he is in the era, right? Where this album is derivative of all of all that kind of alternative stuff exactly. that was going on in the nineties. So I think so, you can't help that that's gonna kind of bleed into your work somewhere. So and same with you know, I'm not saying too. you're wrong, but I'm saying I don't hear it. Oh, <laughs> so so I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> nice, nailed it. Well, yeah. No, but with this record where you no nope, man, you're were... not wrong. You're just an asshole. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's probably true as well. With some of this stuff, though, where people are like, I don't like this record. I mean, some of this, one of these songs had banjo on it. Another one that's 
kind of a steel guitar at the end where Mike's playing acoustic guitar and then the end the steel guitar comes in totally changes the sound yeah how much do you think Dan Wilson's influence was on that probably a lot yeah no I, I don't based on his later stuff um yeah that's kind of a uh, an outlier for sure but surprise surprise Kyle likes the banjo song and the steel guitar song I, I mean I like the sound of it too and <laughs> John Munson the bass player from Semisonic also plays bass on this as well so and there would have been other Minneapolis guys too so it's gonna oh, have sure. kind of that sound of that era yeah. and that influence yeah so no, for sure um, the fact that it took so long, it, I mean, there's recordings of this from a live record in 2002, mm-hmm. there's like four or five songs and this didn't come out till three years later. So some of these songs I know were getting worked and then reworked and yeah. then overdubbed and, you know, changed around. For it years. does have a bit, a bit of a feel of one that was languishing in production for a while. Like I wouldn't say overproduced, uh, but it does kind of feel like, you know, uh, music guys were sitting in there tweaking and tweaking and tweaking, and, and instead of just being like, "Okay, this one is fine," it it's that it doesn't need another backing track of another piano or whatever. Like it's yeah. fine, yeah. Because we both know those guys who sit in their office or their or their studio and. They just tinker and tinker and tinker and the song never gets any better. Right. Well, with that, um, that bare naked ladies record we talked about, that seemed to have stuff just all over the place. Yeah. I mean, some of those, they sounded like they had 50 tracks of, of sounds on it. Like some yeah. of you couldn't even recognize what it was. It was all kind of cool, but, um, yeah. Overproduced can be done, be done well, I think. Yeah, for sure. Where does it start taking away from the sound, especially with, you know, with Mike songs, his earlier stuff was more, you know, him and acoustic guitar, which I think he was probably fine with after having been in a band for many years and just like, you right. know, what, I just want to do this my way and schedule shows when I want to do it and I'm going to make the sounds good or bad. And I don't know, but he got in, he got in this situation. It it had to be hard where it's dragging on for three years. Like, yeah, I'm not sure come up and work well. Why? I'm doing stuff with the Dixie Chicks or I'm working with somebody else, but then he'd come up there for two weeks and work on the record and then go back home. And I'm not sure why he kind of put up with that, to be honest, but maybe he didn't have a choice. Maybe it was just kind of, this is my, my, my next step to get it right. Yeah. But, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just guessing. It could be. You seem to think that it turned out um, well. That it was as a good thing that he he took the time and and waited because the sound of it is, is something you prefer to his his earlier work. Yeah. No. I I really love this record. I have no problem shilling for it. I have no problem like you know carrying the banner for for this record. There's a lot I love about it. Um, some of the the lyrics just get me every time uh particularly i texted this one to you uh you if you snooze you lose well i have snozzed and lost <laughs> I'm like, that's just definitely... that just takes a a kind of brilliant clever mind to like put that one in a song i think only weird al could have come up with something 
that clever. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's got some doozies as well, but yes, he does. Yeah, no, it's good. Good line. He's got some. He's got a few in there that I thought were were done really well. Um, yeah. Uh, no, but I wanted to, to kind of highlight uh, your misfortune. I think it it might be my favorite song on this record uh, because it of all of them, it is the most uh, kind of positive. I want to say. Essentially, it's it's a guy talking to a friend and just being like, you know, when thing when everything gets rough, you know, I'm right here. I'm just I'm here to, to be your positive force. I'm here to be your friend. I'm here to be your ally and your supporter. Uh, just I love the message of it, and uh, and it sounds good to my ear, and uh, they help you check it out. Yeah, check that one out. That's one of the least listened to ones on this record. I mean, most of these records have, well, all the songs on here have at least uh, 100,000 spins on yeah. Spotify. That one's in the in the, the lower half. There's a few of these that we talked about. Uh, yeah, I don't well, get that at all. Over 2 million, and I uh, hear the bells, just about 2 million, but this one's 177,000. Last song of the record, so... Definitely don't sleep on that. Um, so listen to the back half of the record too. We've talked about some records that are top heavy. This one I think is pretty consistent. Yeah, no, it's it's there. There isn't a like. There's some peaks and valleys, but it's the peaks and the valleys aren't together. You know, they're you know if if you don't like one, the next one will be more your flavor. I'm sure. Well, and I, I don't think the peaks or valleys are, are that far apart. You know, I don't think no. there's any that are super high that I, I'm totally crazy about, but there's none that are really like, oh, that one's really terrible. Yeah. But I think it's a pretty solid record throughout. And it, it linearly, the way it's, it's if you play it front to back, I think it's it's an easy listen to. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's sequenced really well, so... Cool. Uh, yeah, so go listen to that. Live it, love it, enjoy it. Uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, What's the name of the record again, Nate? Haughty Melodic. By Mike Doty. Doty? Doty? Doty. Yeah. Uh, on the Wikipedia, it gives a phonetic pronunciation. <laughs> Capital D-O-H dash lowercase T-E-E. There you go. Doty. Mike Doty. Hottie Melodic. Um, Hottie Melodic. Go play it. Go listen to yeah. some of his other stuff. See if you like his early stuff better, if you like his later stuff. Or uh, check out Soul Coffin as well. I know he still does uh, some of that stuff in his shows, I guess. He was kind of the, the leading He was the main guy, the yeah. Yeah, songwriter and all that. So, And he's still out there doing his thing, so... Um, if you're into that, um, go to his website. I don't know what's there. It is active, though. And uh, go support him. Uh, oh, by the way, we will uh, need to add I Hear the Bells to our Not a Christmas playlist that we're going to be doing. Uh, I've seen that on a lot of <laughs> playlists for Christmas. I'm like, what? This has- yeah, that's maybe like i said it's one of my favorite songs on this record it's definitely not a christmas song so absolutely we'll add that on to that uh not a christmas song playlist yeah because there's a lot of them that 
people are really screwing up. And as a yeah. connoisseur of Christmas music, I take offense to that. So <laughs> as you all should. And I know I'm you do. by his terrible taste. Let's see what his terrible taste. Don't get Nate started on last Christmas. We'll talk about that. I'm sure Ed knows him when it comes to There that. are so many Christmas songs that are good. I don't know why people spend so much time trying to make other songs into Christmas songs. I don't get it. Well, that's for another time and place. But for that's sure. a, yeah, that's another horse we can, we can beat down. We'll beat it to death. After. All right. That's about it. That's all I got. You good to go? I'm fresh out of things to say. So Okay. Until next time, this is music at a rational volume. See ya. See ya.